Act Three of Three Dialogues by Barry Payne. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three Death. Reverend James Theodore Blake. Read by Philip Gould. Mrs. Edith Blake. Read by Beth Thomas. Hector. Read by Todd. And narrated by Devorah Allen. The scene is the dining room at number twenty three Alberto Parade, Hoxley on Sea, where the Reverend James Theodore Blake has a curacy. He is considered to have married beneath him. The oval table is laid for breakfast. At one side, Mrs. Blake presides over a block tin percolator and two plain and practical cups, flanked by a milk jug of a different pattern. She has thirty nine years, eleven stone eight. A double chin, no corsets, these will occur later in the morning, and a pale blue dressing gown that is due at the cleaners. James has a weak, thin face, and gazes abstractedly at a hot water dish surmounted by a pewter cover. He bends towards it and closes his eyes. Benedictus Bendicott. He lifts the pewter cover and turns to his wife. Have you any preference, Edith? There's not much difference between kippers. Give me the smallest. The smaller. Smaller, then. I seem to put off my appetite this morning. I don't think that is a very happy phrase, is it, Edith? Oh, do keep your temper, James. I do my best, but Rome wasn't built in a day. These things slip out. Why don't you open your letters? There may be a fortune in them. As he speaks, he opens his letters one by one. Barkham for the kitchen sink, two and three. Barkham knows how to stick it on. I could have done it myself if I'd had a cane. Barkham was only here twenty minutes. I timed him. The canon regrets that he will be unable to dine on Thursday. Well, that's something saved. True. At the next letter he pauses and puts his hand over his eyes. Edith, my Aunt Alicia is dead. What? At last? Edith! Well, you always said when she died our troubles would be over. But do not forget that I have lost an aunt. No, of course not. Does the letter say anything? It is from the solicitor. It appears I am the residuary legatee. What does that mean? I am given to understand that I inherit almost the whole of her fortune. Well, it never rains, but it pours. You seem to forget that I have lost an aunt. But you only saw her three times in your life. An aunt is still an aunt. And she was a ritualist. But beneath these outward forms she has shown that she had a strong sense of duty. She has recognized that all we have is only held on trust, and that it is our duty to leave it to our nearest kin. This will be a disappointment to the Wildersons. I cannot profess to be sorry in that respect. Yes, there is some justice in this imperfect world after all. Oh, James, if only you knew how happy I feel! Must I say it again? I have lost a dear aunt. Yes, oh yes, I'm sure I feel that too. What you must do, James, is to keep yourself up. It's not a question of expense any more. And however reluctant you may be, you must not let yourself break down. Think what a lot of business is going to be thrown on your hands. In that case, I think one kipper is an insufficient breakfast for a man. Now, even against your own inclination, couldn't you— I should never have thought of it if you had not mentioned it. 
You are always so practical, Edith. I leave that branch entirely to you. Shall we say an egg, boiled or poached, whichever gives the least trouble? I'll run and poach a couple of eggs for you myself. The girl's upstairs with the children. Do not say gal. Say the servant, or call her by her name. Martha. Oh, what a one you are for grammar. Martha, then. Now, I'll be off, and here's Hector come to say good morning. As she goes out, Hector enters. He is a remarkably plain boy of nine, with a very solemn demeanor, suggesting great age. He shakes hands with his father. Good morning, father. Is there anything of importance in the paper this morning? I have not yet opened the paper this morning. My attention has been occupied with some sad news which has just reached me by post. A dear aunt of mine has passed away. Oh, let me see. Your aunt would be my great-aunt. Yes, my boy, she was your great-aunt Alicia. I do not remember that I ever met her, and the relation does not seem to be very close. Don't you think that, under the circumstances, it would be enough if I had a black band on the sleeve of my light suit? I suggest it because I know we are not rich, and the expense of a new black suit is considerable. The money might be spent in other ways that I could tell you of. No, Hector, I wish you to be dressed in complete mourning. You are so much older than your years that I may mention to you what, in an ordinary way, a father would not discuss with a boy of nine. By the death of my Aunt Alicia I became a rich man, and am intending to give up this curacy and to adopt a style of life more in accordance with the means that Providence has been pleased to bestow on me. The price of your new clothes is a matter no longer of any great importance. Oh? He reflects a minute and then puts his question somewhat bluntly. Are you more sorry she's dead, or more glad you're rich? How can you ask such a question? Well, I didn't know. The loss of an aunt must inevitably. Ah, there's your mother. Edith enters with the poached and supplemental eggs on a very hot plate, which she is anxious to put down quickly. There, James, two beauties. Mind the plate. I've pretty nigh burnt my hands off with it. Thank you. You are very good. I shall enjoy these. Hector, go outside for a moment. Hector goes out. Don't say pretty nigh, my dear. Say very nearly. All right, dear. Very nearly. You can come in again, Hector. It is time I went up to take the children in the multiplication table. What a good boy he is. Not a bit like other boys. Really, he is a great help, and there's nothing he won't do. He is working a pair of slippers for himself. Wonderful. When I have recovered from the blow which I received this morning, it will be some pleasure to think that we shall now be able to put the education of the children on a different basis. Hector must go to school, ultimately to Eton. The younger children will have a governess. I shall, in all probability, accept a college living where the income is practically nothing, that is, of no importance to us. But the vicarage is large and situated in a pretty country. There will be an ample garden and so forth. I shall look out for a place where the work is light, and I shall employ a curate. I shall in that way have leisure for those literary pursuits which are most to my taste, and perhaps are more valuable than purely parochial work. I have sometimes felt that at present I am a razor used for cutting wood. That's true enough, I'm sure. Even the little I have been able to find time for has not been without promise and profit. You mean what you write for the papers? I have made on an average seven shillings from the comic halfpenny worth alone. I've also had the occasional work in the children's Sunday, 
the editor of which says he will always be glad to consider anything of mine. And you must remember, Edith, that has been done under very trying circumstances. There has been the worry about money, and I have no working room, and my time has been very limited, and I have suffered from the want of a proper holiday. When I start work in a spacious and well-furnished library, looking out onto beautiful grounds invigorated by good food, refreshed by a long holiday on the continent every year without a care, not overworked, taking riding exercise every afternoon. Oh, James! Then I think I may be able to produce something in comparison with which what has gone before will seem but child's play. Oh, James! Shall we keep a horse, then? Our position will make it essential that we shall keep horses, and there will be a pony for the children as well, I hope. But in the meantime there is much to be done. You must order mourning for yourself and the children. Let it be plain, but of the best quality. It should be put in hand this morning. I must go up north to-night. The solicitor wishes to see me about the funeral. In fact, I gather that the whole matter is left more or less in my hands. Poor James! I don't envy you the long journey in a wretched third class. Under the circumstances, I shall go by sleeping saloon. Oh! You don't think there will be any difficulty about ready money? Of course it's coming, but still— The solicitor will advance anything that I may require. He implies as much in his letter and puts it very delicately. I shall certainly employ him. Tact. That is what one wants in a solicitor. I almost feel as if I should open my eyes and find it all a dream. Alas, it is no dream. She has gone. The end was peaceful. She was eighty-three. I shall never shake her by the hand again. You were never what could be called intimate, though, were you? It's not as if— An aunt must always be an aunt. Well, yes. I trust I shall bear the blow with fortitude and resignation. But the tie of blood is a very real one. She has shown that herself. During her life the Wildersons saw far more of her than I did, but at the last the claim of relationship told. I'm not sorry for the Wilkersons. I consider they did their best to rob me. Hector enters, wearing a pained expression. I am sorry to say that Henrietta refuses to learn anything, and has been impertinent. You run along. I dare say if the truth were known there are faults on both sides. I hope not. Well, I'll come in a minute. Thank you. He goes out. I suppose I may write to my two sisters? Certainly. They'll like to hear the good news. I mean... I must break it to them about your Aunt Alicia. I think the latter is the better way of expressing it. You must remember that money is not everything. No, James. I shall be better able to see that now. She goes out. James rises from the table and paces to and fro. His expression is one of gravity and solemnity. As his thoughts flit on, the expression changes, giving place to a broad and ecstatic smile. He rubs his large, fat hands softly together. End of Act 3 End of Three Dialogues by Barry Payne